0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Good morning to you.
1: Good morning to you.
0: How's it going in the neighborhood?
1: Oh, it's going. All right. Sure is. Sure is (laughs) going. That sounds completely unconvincing. It does. But in reality, it's fantastic. Because we are, we have moved in to September.
0: We have. This is
1: a September recording. Don't know if it's September listen, but it sure is a September <laughs> recording. And, like, the whole cascade the September has been just an ease, a uh, gift, a gift from the coming autumn. Mm, oh, it's delightful. Mm, multiple days outside. Mm, it's been delightful. Mowing the grass was like, what? A gift? Could it be a gift? <laughs> it is. <on. laughs> what? Amazing.
0: Uh, I did weed my yard recently, like pulling up a bunch of weeds by the roots. And it was the same thing, like all oh, the, the weather was nice. Yeah. I was sweating profusely, but that wasn't because it was like necessarily burning up. Yeah. But boy, did those weeds attack my, Ooh. my sizes. You can probably tell. Another reason
1: you should be eager to behold the autumn.
0: Yeah, well that's... <laughs> Now you're going to have to make me say, I'd rather deal with this than than have to, you know. (laughs) No, because the thing is, I like autumn. It's just that winter follows so closely on its heels that I... But
1: winter's got... It's it's different, but lesser perks.
0: (laughs) It's different, but lesser perks. (laughs) Well, hey, at least for the month of November, I'm going to be in... Florida for my oh, yeah. final portion of my sabbatical, so I'm going to be enjoying the sunshine.
1: It's the time to be there, too.
0: It is. So. So, Morgan, I'm not going to spend the last month of my sabbatical miserable, cold, being sad.
1: Oh, no. With the sad. Oh, grumbling and complaining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I need yeah. to repent <laughs> and see cloth and ashes. Oh, I'm not going to Florida now. I have to oh. practice asceticism. <laughs> <laughs> Stay back and suffer.
1: Oh, man.
0: Well, anyway. Yeah, first September recording, first day of September.
1: I wasn't going to go that far. I wasn't going to reveal that much, but here we are.
0: I've revealed it. It Because I had that thought today. I was like, wow, it is the first day of September. How did we. I'm so excited. Really
1: brave new worlds in store for for this guy. Brave
0: new worlds. Yeah. (gasps) Oh, yeah. And then I hit on sabbatical in yes four days time
1: i I, visit my backyard and i will i it's it must be nicer to experience the autumn in my backyard than it is pulling weeds
0: i'm sure it is i'm sure it is. (laughs) (laughs) when i'm done with my backyard hopefully it'll be oh
1: that's exciting i'm excited for you actually
0: we'll see we'll see yeah so at any rate, I may not be a model for how to take care of landscaping, but one thing that maybe I could offer some helpful tips on yeah. is the art of reading. Man,
1: it's good you're here because I'm well, I'm here to <laughs> learn. I'm here to learn.
0: Uh, well, I do. I think it's probably safe to say I read slightly more than the average bear. Yeah, yeah it's just, I, think I think so. It's just, you know, probably. I don't know. I suppose if you take like the whole corpus of humanity. <laughs> That's probably not true, but I do think that reading is a worthwhile task for everybody, you know, especially Christians. We talk about how we're people of the book. So, you know, yeah. if nothing else, honing our reading skills to be able to read the scriptures better is always a worthwhile it endeavor, is. I think. It is. But I also just happen to read regularly for my work as a pastor. I do it as a seminary student and I just do it for pleasure. You know, I actually just enjoy it, you know, stories and life and et cetera. Yeah.
1: I enjoy yeah. the idea, the idea <laughs> of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the idea of wanting to is, enjoy it as you enjoy it.
0: Isn't there, you know, something, though, about enjoying the idea of something? Like, oh, I enjoy <laughs> the idea of having that thing, but then it's like, oh, no, no, uh, no, no. Yeah. But, no, so, especially over the last couple of years, I really wanted to, you know, hone this in, so I've read over 100 books Shoo, each the past two years. Man. So I don't say that to put myself on a pedestal, because I realize I can tell, like, oh, you just read 100 books every past <laughs> two years. <laughs> I'm That's just impressed. Every year. But I want to say that to say, you know, I do have some experience with this, so I'm yeah. not, like, just throwing stuff out into the wind here. We talk about this so yeah since we are supposed to be people of the book as Christians thought we could talk about some tips for reading to help us all sharpen our general reading mm. skills
1: fashion me into a bookworm, <laughs> so a... Going
0: to, you're going to be a I was kind of like really develop that worm image and I'm like ah, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't <laughs> I don't want to do that but now I am thinking of Toy Story 4 which oh, I can't remember yeah. if we talked about this on a previous podcast Recently. whether or not you've not watched that I've yet but I've it. watched it many times but there is a character called the bookworm Aww. and it's he's just a literal librarian worm And it's very, anyway, I think of that every time now. So at any rate, as with anything, when we uh, think about reading, we should start with why. We're doing it. Why are we reading? No. Well, for the Christian, this is actually an easy question to answer because we have a stock, not a stock answer, but I mean, it's a default. It's the default answer, which is we do all things to the glory of God. We first 1 Corinthians 1031, <laughs> that bad boy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we do all things as acts of love uh, for God and love for others. Yeah. So this goal should influence not only what we read, but how we read is okay. what I'm trying to get at here. Interesting. Yeah. In other words, if a book doesn't help you glorify God and enjoy him forever, if it doesn't help you love him more deeply and love your neighbor as yourself forget that book don't worry about it you know if everyone's like you need to read this book uh, okay. but it's like oh that's not going to help you do that then forget it use it as a paperweight throw it out don't buy it forget you ever even heard about it you know whatever what book yeah
1: what I that book was that? That <laughs> what
0: book what book was that but that said since we are to do all things to the glory of god Eat, drink, work, play, shop, exercise, rest, talk, gather, you know, everything else that we do under the sun. And because there are books that deal with or talk about or address pretty much all things under the sun, then a great many books will, in fact, be helpful to us. So, you know, there may be some that you're tempted to overlook right away, but, you know, give it a chance, right? That could be the book on building good habits all the way to the paperback political thriller. So I guess what I'm trying to say is let the goal of glorifying God in all things and loving him more deeply and loving your neighbor influence what, how, and why you read. Okay. Which means that you could filter a lot of books through that. You know what okay. I mean? That's what I'm trying to get at there. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're wondering what you should read, I think the answer to that is anything and everything. No,
1: wait a right? minute. See, here we go. Wait a minute. That was broad. That was, <laughs> I thought I had to meet all of these these perfecting standards and glorifying.
0: Oh, well, see, that's the problem is, you know, you don't want to... <laughs> You know, you can subsume everything under that category.
1: Yeah, I do sense that it is like that standard can become a complex conversation. Yeah. About exactly how you draw connections between point A and point B.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like the other two general principles like in Paul's letters that show up all over the place Mm -hmm. is flee idolatry and pursue love. And you can like categorize so much of what he says under those two headings. Okay. Which sound very vague and broad, but he gets into very specific applications of those. Yeah. So I feel like the glorifying God in all things can kind of
1: it does that makes sense give you the
0: same feeling. So don't be paralyzed by the ridiculous notion that you have to pick the perfect book. Oh yeah. Because uh, for one thing, there's only one infallible and inherent <laughs> book anyway. Ha 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 Bible plug. And agonizing over which book to pick up and read next will just waste time that you could have spent reading. I found that's a problem people have. They spend so much time yeah. agonizing. What am I gonna do? Yeah. They just I it's like no, choose. I mean just just you know, pick one and read. Just start something. Yeah, and, and on top of that, you can't know whether a book will be good or helpful or whatever else have you until you pick it up and get this, start reading it. why you know? I like, can't just look at the book jacket? Oh, you know. Might be helpful, but I mean, I rarely, if ever, worry about what to read. Yeah. If I want to read something, I just read it. Yeah. Like, I'll go through our library app or the Audible catalog or go on Amazon and be like, just scrolling books, be like, oh, that sounds interesting. Pick that up, read that. Yeah. Because worrying about what to read all the time is exhausting and unhelpful, and most times just ends up acting as an excuse for not reading. Because, like we said, if you get into the book and it doesn't help you glorify God and all you do, stop reading it. You don't. You're not obligated to finish a book once you've started. I've I've stopped plenty of books. For sure. So it's like this is just unhelpful. Yeah. <laughs> Or in some place, hot
1: garbage. That is, that is, and this is like a bit of a diversion. I'm going to bring it right back, I promise. I'm ready. Right. But a similar principle in investing in TV shows.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like,
1: recently in fact, there's there was, there was this, this Netflix original, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, I don't mind your Netflix, I just, it's vague. And I was like, okay, we're going to get into this. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. This person can't act. They're not very good. And I am not invested. And I'm going to free myself of the remaining six hours by quitting.
0: Yes. Um,
1: but, it's it's, li- it's life giving actually. That decision, it's <laughs> like, like for introverts out there who have made a big commitment to attend something, and you're like, nope. <laughs> that freedom and just being <laughs> just being rid of something you're like oh, you can yep. breathe again. But <laughs> when it comes to like finding new things to read I know you said something about like catalogs uh, the audible categories. Do you have like a go to resource or a pipeline for new material or like recommendations? Because I, I feel like I don't super regularly encounter suggestions in the day to day. New new book recommendations are not frequently on my radar.
0: Yeah. So that's a completely fair and excellent question. Actually I, I have two primary mm-hmm. ways I funnel and resource this. The first is I love to go and read the books that authors allude to in their books. Yeah, okay. So like I was reading a book on the interpretation of scripture a while ago and he brought up some really amazing points. It was really interesting. I was super into this book. And he quoted this other scholar very liberally. He was like, and this guy says this. And I was like, I want to read that guy. So yeah. I bought some of his books. And then this guy's quoting some other guys. I'm like, well, I want to pick up their books. Yeah. So you kind of get a funnel that way. Okay. And that's probably my go-to way. I'm like, oh, if I really like what that guy said, and he's quoting from this guy, or he got a concept from this book, I'm going to go pick that up. Mm. The other thing I do is I... <laughs> I do read journals, and when I say journals, like, you know you have, like, medical journals yeah, that are, like, for sure. really, you know, peer-reviewed, the et cetera. Journals? Yeah, there are theological and biblical studies journals. Okay. And they will have, typically, book sections where it's like, here are <laughs> new releases, or here are, oh, that's you know, nice. whatever, or reviews of old things, and I'll go through those and read the review and mm. see, okay, did this author think this was worthwhile? Did he bring up things that would be interesting to me?
1: They really read that they need to have, like, a letterboxed or an IMDb for books. <laughs> I'm sure something like that exists. Goodreads. Yeah, there we go.
0: So yeah, so that's how I do that. And then of course, when it comes to fiction and stuff like that, I just, I know which genres I like. Okay, So that's I, fair. I just pick those up. Yeah. You know? And some of that I just am basically constantly rereading, like Tolkien and Lewis. I'm basically yeah. always, I'm always in the middle of something that they've written basically. Oh wow. Well. Because I just enjoy them so much. So yeah, so that's how I do that. Nice. And on that note, I will be the first to admit that my vocation not only requires more reading than most, but it also allows me to read more than most. So Sure. All things considered, though, believe it or not, I really don't spend enormous chunks of my day reading, because I know, given what we've said so far, it may make me sound like I'm just always reading. You live in the library. all the time. Yeah, that's... <laughs> but really, I'm not. I probably spend about an hour first thing in the morning reading my Bible, along with a commentary or some other classic Christian text, and praying, which is my typical routine. But other than that, on average, I may read about 60 to 90 minutes per day, all things considered. Like, really not a ton of time.
1: I, I do... <laughs> I do want. Do you think you read faster than m- many other people? Maybe. Yeah. Probably. More than. It me. depends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's um, actually
1: that's not like massive swaths of the day.
0: No, I mean if if you think about that in comparison to say like you know your favorite Netflix sitcom, yeah, that's at the low end three episodes. You know, three episodes of Parks and Rec for me and Morgan. So it's really not. whole lot of time (laughs) or like a question of
1: one episode of stranger things (laughs) yeah or one
0: episode of stranger things (laughs) so it really is just a question of how we're investing the time that we do have yeah which again to be clear based on you know you and i have conversations about tv and movies all the time so i obviously don't have a problem with those like morgan and i enjoy watching video content as much as the next couple i enjoy watching movies as much as the next guy you know i love going to the cinema yeah etc but um I think if you look like the proportion of content that exists in the world, most of it is written content, mm-hmm. which means, you know, if we take like the 80-20 principle as a rule, most people in America are probably spending 80% of their time on a mere 20% of the available content, i.e. video content. So it's like you've got a huge chunk of time going to a much smaller portion of content. And not all that content is necessarily good, sure. just like all books aren't good. Yeah. So all I'm arguing for there is just to consider... If regular reading isn't a part of your diet, just like maybe just even just think about like a little more portion of your time. Like even not even having to spend an hour a day, but like here's the wild thing. It's like if you took 10 to 15 minutes a day, you could probably get through 30 to 40 books in a year. Serious? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. That's remarkable. Per day.
0: Yeah. Depending on the size of the books and all that stuff. But like like, right around that.
1: I guess that shouldn't surprise me too much because like the the New Testament plan the church is, is moving through right now, genuinely it takes like like four minutes for them to read it to you
0: yeah so mm-hmm.
1: i would <laughs> yeah. i usually just do like <laughs> chunks of catch-up days instead um, right. or just do speed ahead and you know whatnot because you can get through it so fast just in the morning as you're right brushing your teeth and by that schedule in a pretty short amount of time comparatively you're through the entire new testament
0: yeah exactly so i mean you think about that and just apply it to other books and you realize you could still theoretically if you wanted to keep your relative video content intake, but then just be like, oh, just add 10 to 15 minutes of actually reading X amount of book per day. That
1: is very attractive, lowering the bar of this.
0: Well, that's, and I think the the problem is with any discussion like this, whether it's reading, exercise, any discipline or habit that you think, oh, that would be good for me. Historically, this has helped people. Everybody feels a compulsion to jump in to the deep end, head first. It's like, yeah. You can't run a marathon without training, <laughs> you know, like you're, you can't, it just can't be done. So yeah, I'm simply advocating just to think about it, you know, with a proportionate balanced investment of time. So if you're on a date night, you decide to sit down on the couch, bowl of popcorn, stream a movie on Amazon Prime, enjoy it, but you know. Think about uh, scheduling reading into your morning, afternoon, or evening. You know what I mean, yeah. just throw it on the calendar a little, little reminder, a little, little note, <laughs> etc.
1: I think it's a good launching point for another question about how you approach things. There's a vibe when you sit down to binge your favorite show. You know what I mean? A Stranger Things yeah. vibe, for instance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe you do popcorn, maybe you dim the lights, whatever you do to kind of slip into that, that kind of comfort media mode. Do you yep. do something similar with reading? Do you kind of like set the table, as it were? Do you go into a specific place in the house or mm-hmm. perform? Is there kind of a personal ritual involved?
0: Yes. So morning reading, I have a particular chair. I got a candle. I got a particular warm lighting setup. And then yeah. I have my coffee. And so I'm that sounds that's really my nice. that's my mode, you know, sit there in that chair, tie back. Nice. Morgan got it for me specifically for ah. reading. So yeah, that's like my reading nook. That's my spot. Mm -hmm. And it feels cozy and it, you know, just mm, that's, that's the reading, the reading zone. Other than that, I generally, like if I'm at the office, there's nothing in particular there. Like I'll just sit and read. When it comes to, if I want to spend like a day reading, so like, let's say I really want to go, like I want to go, I got to knock out some reading for seminary or no, I really want to finish this book or get into this concept or work through this thing. I will go to a place like Stone Tower or some similar Um, venue, almost heaven. And Gotta say, get massive shout-out to Stone Tower. Yeah. Expensive, and then I'll, but worth it. Yes. And then I'll sit there and I'll just hammer through stuff with my AirPods in. Nice. Listening to something. Okay. And uh, that's my vibe. It's pretty straightforward. But, to be fair, I think some people can also let that stop them. They're like, oh, if I don't have the perfect, you know, the perfect vibe, <laughs> I can't read. It's like, you, know, you can also fit in a lot of reading. Morgan calls this crack time reading. That's not amazing. Like, not like I'm on crack reading, no. but like... <laughs> You know, if she's got like five minutes where both the girls are sitting and eating and content and she has not have anything else to do, it's yeah. like, oh, I'll pull out my Kindle and I'll just read for five minutes. These little slivers of space. Exactly. So yeah, there's a trick with that because it's really easy these days to read anywhere at any time. You know, I don't think it's ever been easier because you don't yeah. even have to carry a physical book yeah. anymore. You got Kindles, like the paper white was what I have. It's it's so simple. You can fit it in your back pocket.
1: Could you say paper white?
0: Paper white. Yep. Interesting. Kindle paper white. Okay. Yep, really nice. You got the Kindle app on your phone, which is a much, I think, better idea than doom-scrolling Facebook, with the, you know, that's whatever. Um, <laughs> you read on that Kindle. You have Audible, which can read to you while you drive, For while sure. you walk, For while sure. you work out, you know, whatever.
1: I actually um, really love when it is the author reading it to you. Yes. I'm like, that's, that's a treat.
0: Especially if they're really good. If they, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. some Because some authors I've read, they're like, oh, they're decent, but, yeah. you know, that could have been sure. better. But when an author knows their stuff and like they know how this ought to be said yeah yeah exactly. like malcolm gladwell love reading
1: that tracks for sure his books
0: or rather listening to them when he reads them. <laughs> so yeah and of course here's the thing at the end of the day the big big tip on the reading bit is that the point of reading is to understand the author <laughs> like the point is not just to say oh i glazed and glossed over the words and now i can say i read this book like yeah, right you read to understand and that means like everything else in life it takes practice to get good at reading you know, I think most people assume since they can read, they can read well and, you know, unfortunately, that's just not true. Um, <laughs> you know, just because I can cook doesn't mean I can cook well, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just true of everything, like, just because you can do something doesn't mean you automatically no. are like, I'm, I'm great at this. Yeah. And I think we assume just because we can literally read the words. Phonetically means that we can read well. And that's just not always the case. And so like everything else, if you're out of practice with it, it just takes more time to get good at it, which comes back to even the, oh, hey, if you do like 10 minutes a day, don't feel the need to say, I'm going to go for four hours in a row. Like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. You may sure. not at
0: that point be able to comprehend everything you've read. Yeah. This isn't a competition. We're simply trying to cultivate the field of mind that God gave to us and trying to understand the world and him and our place in it. So at first, you'll probably have to be a little more slow and deliberate in your reading to make sure you understand the author and that you can see the implications of what have been said so that you can listen for the silences and say, well, what are they not saying here? And mm. so you can follow along with the argument, the narrative or, or whatever else have you. But as you get better at reading, you'll discover that you don't need to and really ought not to read all books. The same way or at the same pace. Yeah. I
1: also, I think like. I tend to let the idea of the time investment loom large and mm-hmm. then avoid it altogether. Yeah. Like if you think you're gonna start a Bible reading plan and then finish a gospel in a day from like <laughs> just immediately cold turkey into that, not likely. Are yeah. you like, I'm gonna start exercising. Eight dozen reps, not gonna yeah, happen. You will break idea. your body. Yeah. <laughs> but all that to say, I think it's easy to kind of like build up these perceived barriers to yeah. start rather than just starting. Yep. And like you said, it's not a competition. No one is grading how much you accomplish or how fast you're getting through a book. Right. It's like genuinely, it's a pretty private discipline. It is, <laughs> No right? one's watching you, so exactly. just, you can do whatever.
0: Like standing over your shoulder be like, did you read all those sentences? <laughs> did you understand every single one how of them? How fast?
1: You could speed it up a little bit. No, <laughs> I can't.
0: You clearly weren't reading at 2x speed, buddy. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, and... Finally, don't be muffed by the fact that you'll not remember everything you read. That's another thing I come across. I feel people are like, well, I don't remember everything. So it's like, well, no, that's just not possible. Right. You will probably forget most of what you read. Yeah. You may remember big sweeping facts and lines of argument, and you'll probably remember single sentences that strike you. In fact, I actually think those are the most life-changing moments for me in a book. Hmm. If a sentence really sticks out to me. That's that's what will be, I mean, that's worth reading a book. Yeah. But all that says you simply will not remember every detailed word or every thought that you come across in a book. And again, that's okay because you also don't remember most of your life. <laughs> But that hasn't stopped you from living anyway, yeah. right? You know, yeah, for sure. So anyway, don't be muffed by that fact.
1: I, when I was younger uh, and read quite a lot, it's very much stereotypical, like secretly staying up past your bedtime, <laughs> got the flashlight under the yeah, covers.
0: I definitely
1: did that. <laughs> I, I would legitimately like try to write out chapter summaries, like spark notes. Really? Yeah. That's so, impressive. Especially like, the more complicated the series was, I'd be like, "Here's my study chart and like graph, you know, not really." Here's graph, my graph
0: but... of the Book of Daniel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so like they were like pseudo spark notes. So I supposedly could like review them and, and try to hold in my head every important detail. Like that was my mission in doing so, is is to capture everything important and try to somehow hold it in my head at once. Turns out I didn't look at them. <laughs> it was just an exercise. To do, I guess. <laughs> Made me feel good, I guess. Um, so it was, it, was, it was really just making it hard on myself for some sort of future phantom dopamine that never <laughs> came my way. So, I do wonder yeah.
0: how much more you would remember of those books, though, if you went back and read them, just out of curiosity. I that's an interesting that's point. A, yeah. Be- because, because, like,
1: it's actually maybe not so much the fact that I wrote the notes to reread them, it's that I wrote physically the notes mm-hmm. and, in doing so, committed some more of that to memory. Yeah. So, yeah. Just be
0: curious about that. Mm-hmm. Well, because, like, we were talking about ted decker's circle and yeah. paradise novels recently the circle tr-
1: the Circle series is exactly where i started that through
0: and you remembered things really yeah that i was like oh i'd i'd forgotten that oh, i read the funny. book <laughs> yeah i was like so <laughs> anyway that's yeah. an interesting thought and all that being said to bring up back to your point i do think it is helpful to have a way for marking the places in a book that you really do want to remember or come back to easily yeah yeah so when i read a physical book I pretty much always have a pencil in hand for underlining and writing little comments in the margin. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Pretty much always. It was, I think C.S. Lewis said, you will find more often than not that your heart sings unbidden when you're reading a great book if you have a pencil in hand and a pipe in your teeth. <sighs> So his point was like, you're really interacting with the book. You're yeah. not just reading it passively. The pencil oh, in your hand so forces you to there's, interact with it actively.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a different intention in the engagement. Yeah, That's exactly. very cool.
0: So I do that. And then when I'm reading on my Kindle or on Logos Bible software, it's really easy because all my highlights and notes automatically go into a digital notebook mm. that I can search, yeah. which really makes it handy. That's fantastic. So yeah, anyway. Those are some tips on reading. If you want to hone that a little bit, you know, as we're, we're going to be heading into a new year soon, yeah. much sooner than we probably think, and uh, got all kinds of stuff going on. So, yeah. And as a great preacher, Charles Spurgeon, once said, at the end of the day, we ought to visit many good books, but we ought to make only one book our home, and that book is the Bible. Hmm. So even if this just helps you read your Bible a little more thoughtfully. That's a win for me. Yeah. yeah. For us. So thank you as always for listening. And if you have any questions on this or any other topic, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Interact with us on social media. And if you did like this and you want to leave us an honest five star review in that Apple podcast platform, we would be grateful.
1: Grateful indeed. Yes, we would.
0: Thanks as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time.